0: All right, the Lord is good. All the time. If you believe indeed he is good, give an amen. Amen. All right, let's open our Bibles quickly. We'll start our uh, teaching today by again declaring the glory of the Lord. All right, the Lord is good. All the time. All right, let's read from the book of Psalms. We'll read Psalm number 46. Psalm 46 is where we'll start today. All right, and I like that for the six because we also use it to pray. It's a prayer we use very powerful to pray for the nation. But today we are just going to use it as a declaration of the glory of God. All right, one two, let's go. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. Four. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an opera, the kingdoms tottered. He it raised his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Eight. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Who has wrought desolations in the earth? He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and calls the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Everywhere you go, these words will follow you about in Jesus' name. The Lord will be your stronghold. The Lord will be your help. The Lord will be your defender. The Lord will cause wars around you to cease. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord will be your refuge and strength. Very present in the time of trouble. Amen. No matter what goes on around, you will not fear. Amen. Even though the earth should change, you will not fear. Amen. Even though the mountains should slip into the heart of the, of the sea, you will not fear. Amen. Even though there are earthquakes around, you will not fear. Amen. No matter what will be the troubles, you will be spared from them all in the name of Jesus. Amen. From all the evils around, God will deliver you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, we believe that God will give us understanding today. Amen. Father God, from you we receive insight. We receive revelation. Amen. We ask that you grant us fresh understanding. Amen. Our purpose is to work in the manner that will please you. Amen. To do that which you, are, you, you propose and that is that which you will for us to do. That which you wrote for us to do. Amen. That is our purpose, that's our desire. Amen. So we receive that spirit of understanding. Amen. And for that reason we declare as follows. 1, 2, let's go. Now that the, Lord the Lord has given, given me the spirit of wisdom, of wisdom and, and revelation, revelation in the knowledge of him. him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. 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 I said, Amen. Amen. All right, great things will happen for you again today. In Jesus' name, let's take our seats quickly. Now I'm having a a small problem, not a difficult one. I'm trying to see whether I should change the topic, you know, but we'll still keep talking. But I may change the topic somewhere along the line. So let's see. So, to just dovetail into um, one another. And I know what we are supposed to be teaching. I've been saying for some time that I will teach that, but it's just been so difficult to do it. But of course, I'm not um, complaining because the most important thing is that I am teaching what the Lord wants us to teach. That's the most important thing. So we are just going to continue again today. Um, where do I start from today? Uh, there are three portions in my head again. We'll not read that that Romans chapter 12. I said, once we read that one, we don't get there. So which one do we start with? All right, maybe we'll, okay, let's read again. Let's start from the book of Jeremiah chapter 14. Jeremiah chapter 14 is where we will start from today. Last time I said something which is very powerful, that uh, commandments are not the way, they're not the method or the basis of our relationship with God. But commandments and instructions teach us the mind of God. And I said, what God wants us to do is to come up to maturity. And that's why the the basis of Christianity is very different from that of um, uh, Judaism, the laws of Moses. God gave instructions and commandments, 613 of them, to those people. Of course, they couldn't keep most of them. Some of them were more... because. The law is not on the same basis, and not on the same weight. Jesus told us that there are weightier matters of the law. So some things are heavier than some others. But in all, they had 613, and they broke all of them quite regularly. Because um, even for those whose spirits were willing, the flesh was quite weak. So when Jesus came, the Bible says that he didn't just come to give us laws. He came to enable us to keep the law. Like one of my brothers said, saving grace is enabling grace. What did I say? Saving, saving grace, grace is enabling grace. grace. So Jesus didn't just come to um, you know, save us, he came to enable us. So saving grace is enabling grace. And as a sign, a sign that you have been saved is that you have been enabled to do that which is pleasing to God. You know, like when you confess sin, don't live there with a sense of having forgiven alone and be satisfied. There must be a sense of having empowered not to do it again. We come to God not just to be forgiven but to be empowered. We come to God not just to be forgiven, but to be changed. When we come to prayer to confess our sins, the main aim is not that, okay, God, don't punish me for that which I did. You are more concerned, actually, that you don't do it again if that thing de- displeases him. Let's see, let me just say, say that clearly. Let's, not, let's, let's be God-centered in our Christianity. Let's be Christ-centered in our Christianity. Not, let's, let's not be self-centered. What is self-centered? What matters is how I'm blessed in the relationship. Let's be Christ-centered. Let's say, okay, is this right or wrong? No, it's not whether it feels good to me or not. It's, does Christ love it or he doesn't? Does the father like it? Does it please the father or it doesn't please the father? So even if something will bless me, I think, but it doesn't please the father. My greatest sense of blessing should be the pleasure of God. I hope you get my point. My greatest sense of blessing should be the pleasure of God. That if what I did pleased God, then I'm okay with it. What he gives me back is not the important thing. Is did this please God or it did not please him. All right? What I'm doing, does he please God or it does not please him? That is the core of Christianity. Let's stop this thing about I give, again, we're back to it, so I can get. No, I give so I can please. Did you hear what I said? I don't give so I can get, I Give so I can what? Please. So when we go to confession again, it's not to escape. It's not to escape from judgment. That's not the most important thing. It is that, okay, after now, I will not break the heart of God again. After now, I will not displease him again. Yes, I did it the first time because of pressure, because of ignorance, whatever be the issue. Okay, that has to be cured this time around. I'm not just going to say I've been forgiven and I feel like, oh, I got away with it. Something in my heart will feel bad. Ah, I made the Lord feel bad. I won't do it again. Do you get my point? There was something that Ben Carson said in his book, Gifted Hands. I've used that illustration so many times, and I'll continue to use it. That sometimes God does a miracle for you. Okay? All right? And it's not really the primary thing he wants to do. What happened is that he had an exam coming. He was not prepared. He did not know enough. So he... he, went to pray, which is good. It's a good testimony. I've had personal experiences like that several times when I was in university. God did something like that for me. Even my postgraduate. I've told this story many times. I dreamt of a question that was going to come out, and I went and read it very well, and it came, in fact, the whole thing around it played out in reality the way it was revealed to me in a dream, and that was the key to me succeeding that exam. So I know it is true. But well, When it comes in the situation, it just was you know, he just had the kind of vision or a trance. He saw somebody walk into the exam, into the classroom and began to write on the board. The person solved a long question, you know, and he was watching. And said, let's make a long story short. When he came for the exam, I thought the next day, a few days later, it's exactly what that person wrote on the board that was in the exam question paper. So he just copied what he saw on the board that time into the answer sheet, you know. It was a revelation and he passed the exam. But this is where I'm going. He went home to pray and thanked God for helping him. Second point, and promised not to put God in that kind of situation again. Mm-hmm. Some of us will see it as a sign of spirituality. Mm-hmm. My God, <laughs> when I went into the heavens and I downloaded certain keys, and I realized his own is that this is not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I'm supposed to have the spirit of Daniel, I'm supposed to have the spirit of excellence. I should have the ability to solve difficult problems. Why do I need this kind of miracle to pass a simple exam? He like said, God, thank you for coming through. But can we walk together? And I'm adding my own words now. Can we walk together so that we won't have to do this again? Let me know the subject. Let me know it so well that I walk in there and I know. Of course, it's not my own natural ability. It's a spiritual ability. But not this emergency breakthrough thing. I hope you're getting my point. Okay? So that's how we are as believers also. We're not just going there, okay, let me confess my sin so I can escape. I come to confess my sin so that I will not do it again. I'm less concerned about my punishment and my escape than I am about the displeasure that I give to the Lord. I I hope you're getting my point. That's what concerns me the most. How could I have treated him like this? Let, Let me remind us, God has feelings. Just treat him, you know, like I was saying on Tuesday. Let's get our minds right. Let's reason properly that's what Christianity is about. Learning spiritual reasoning. Spirituality is not that I saw visions or, you know, I can pray for 10 hours or, you know, I speak in tongues of men and tongues of angels and I even know the corner of the universe, the angelic tongue I'm using is being used. That's not what Christianity is. That's not what spirituality is. Spirituality is simply that I reason the way the reason in heaven. Spirituality means that I understand the mind of God and I use that to judge everything that I do. Spirituality means that no matter any time you tick me like this, touch me. I reason the way God reasons. So when anytime you, if you... say, What is God saying? I can tell you most times. Say so you pray? No. I just know that, look. It's like... Let me put it like this. Mathematics is a form of spirituality. What I mean is this. Just to illustrate. I don't need to pray to know that 2 plus plus two is equal to 4. I hope you're getting my point. <laughs> now let me ask you a question. Hmm? Linda. to this. Who's superior? The person that you tell, the y dx is equal to... Let me not confuse myself right here. Let me just go as simple as possible, okay? You tell the person, Look okay, let's sum this away. All right, two x squared minus five um, y plus eight is equal to, some of you are calculating, and some people are so good, they are already doing the calculation. Let me just give one funny one. So it's equal to, all right, 10 t- x cubed plus five x squared minus nine y. <laughs> Plus two, seven, eight. And I tend to find me the value of X and the value of Y. Both of them equal to zero. Another I said to find me the value of Y. Who is the mathematician there? This is the person that brings paper, calculates and gives the value of the one that says, come, let me go and pray. Father, you are the maker of heaven and earth. Ha, X is equal to this, Y is equal to this. Who will you give a job? Who will you give a job to teach your children? Who will you give admission to in the university to study engineering? <laughs> I'm asking you who? The one that solved it. Does, it. does it concern you that this one talks to God? So bros, nobody's not go build a bridge. I beg. This you're talking to God. No. As <laughs> no, as you know, is as, you know, as dramatic and romantic as the testimony will be. You no, know, if you wanted to give testimony, the other person is the one that will have the testimonial. Praise God. I didn't have time for the arm of flesh calculation. I went into the spirit. As I got there, I saw the angel and said, X is 15.89. And I look, I said, Holy Spirit. He said, why? He's, and somebody said, why my heart? Oh, it's good to fast and to pray. Listen, if your fasting and praying does not teach you mathematics, you are not spiritual. If it just keeps on decoding answers for you. Just revealing the answer. There are times God does that. But that's not what he wants to do regularly. What he wants to do, when you are a real spiritual person, now, we are using mathematics now to explain spirituality, you should say, okay, how many unknowns do we know? You know, you rearrange it, pull this one here, pull that one to the other side, do your calculation and say, this is what X is, this is what Y is. And that way you can teach the next generation. Most, many of us spiritual people can't teach anybody anything. How do I know the woman to marry? Say, go and pray. You will hear from God. That's one of the funniest things I hear. How many ask you, how do I know who to marry? Say, go and pray. You will hear from God. They come from the place of prayer, having heard all kinds of things. That's not the aim of the Lord. Can he reveal? Most certainly. But what he's actually doing is training us in righteousness. That's what he's doing. That's what I'm talking about today. He's training us in righteousness. That's why I told you about why not visions. That's why God doesn't give visions too many times. Is like if I give you visions all the time, you will learn nothing. You will do the accurate thing with no knowledge. You will do the correct thing with no understanding. And then what, what will you have achieved? Don't you know that one of the purposes of God is that you can teach transgressors His way? Yeah. Yes, you must be able to teach transgressors His ways. That's one of the things, His purposes. As we talk about it all the time, God wants to, see, He's not just trying to do this, don't do that. That's not all He's doing. He's not just trying to tell us, do this, don't do that. He wants us to be able to teach transgressors why you, what you are doing is wrong. And why should you not do it again? True spirituality, therefore, is understanding the ways of God. True spirituality is understanding the purposes of God. True spirituality is knowing God. It's not just having revelations in what to do at certain moments. It's being constantly involved in thinking like heaven does. That is true spirituality. Never forget it. So, the, the two mathematicians we talked about, even though both of them may get the answer, but the really, in quote, spiritual one now is the one that solved it. That way, he can go into class and teach the next class, the next generation. He can go, those ones can, you know, he can multiply knowledge. And that is what God is more interested in. Again, back to where I began from. I was using confession of sin as an example. We're not just trying to get away, having done what is wrong. We want to leave the place of prayer, of confession. To say, God, I don't want to break your heart again. So you empower me. So Moses came with instructions. Jesus came with empowerment. Moses came with instructions. Jesus came with what? Empowerment. So saving grace is enabling grace the one that is saved, is enabled. You know, salvation is not just deliverance from consequences of sin. It's also deliverance from the addiction to sin and the powerlessness. When temptation comes, that's part of salvation. So if you find yourself being powerless in the face of certain temptations, you need to activate that saving and enabling grace in your life. Because God actually has made abundance of grace available. Where sin abounds, what happens? Grace much more abounds. So that's Christianity we are dealing with. That's Christianity. So we said last time the instructions are not just, you know, for us to obey this, don't obey that. Instructions are to teach us the mind of God. They expose to us how God reasons until we begin to reason like Him. So when God says don't do this, you're not just okay, don't do it to some people are very mechanical. And if you know them, they are, they are the ones they could say that are, are described as legalistic. All right? They are very mechanical. If you ever have somebody maybe walking under you working with you who's very mechanical in obeying instructions, you get tired of the person within a day. You know, once I told a friend of mine, in fact, two, two stories now. I told one brother, we we're talking about following people up and all of that. So there's one particular sister we know. She's in a particular city where there's another of our sisters who's senior to her. I said, why don't you tell her, remind her to go and visit this senior sister now. So they just keep fellowship with the brethren. <laughs> the brother said, Pastor Banky, you know the truth. Let's just assume the sister's name is. Give me another name, Eve. So I said, Eve, should please go and see Sarah, all right? He said, this is what Eve will do to me. If I call her and say, Sister Eve, why don't you just visit Sister Sarah once in a while? That she will leave her house Go to Sister Sarah's house, knock the door, sit, and then call me. And say, I'm in her house now. What do I do? <laughs> yes, he said that's the way she behaves. So he, he finds it easier to just leave her alone. Another of my friends, the brother, was having serious challenges. So Anna said, "Look, why don't you tell him to? Uh, uh, no, of course we're just discussing issues. I said, why don't you suggest to him that now? I'm just going to colour it a bit. That look, this kind of work you you do. Why don't you move from?" Let's say, Azumi is in um, Lagos. I'm going to okay, move to Abuja. That Abuja, they have this and this and that and that, that, that. So he'll be able to get opportunities for that kind of business he does. He said, Banky, this thing you have said is very reasonable and I've thought about it before. He said, there's only one problem with my brother. If I tell him that, he will expect me to give him money to move from Lagos to Abuja. And when he gets there, he will call me and say, I'm in mean, Abuja now. What do I do now? And this guy, incidentally, is older than him. He said, so by offering him counsel, you are taking up his responsibilities. He said, so I keep my counsel to myself. He said, if he wants to do something, I can say yes or no. But I will never originate any idea. He said, I would never do that. Originate any idea and give to him to run with. He said, he'll make it my problem. Every obstacle, he'll call me. And you said, I should go to Abuja. I'm in Abuja now. They now said that I rent is this one and so and so on. And so on and I don't have money. It's as if, you are the reason I came to Abuja. Send the money. That was not obey instructions. And that's why I preached some time ago what I call own that decision. Stop using God told me as an excuse to marry a man, marry a woman. By the time you are using it, then you are not convinced. You are not convinced. Because after five years, six years... You are, still, you are still hiding behind God, which means that if God didn't say anything at that time, what's my own with somebody like this? That is, God's will has not become your will. You, that, you see, until God's will becomes your will, you can't be blessed. Christianity is not about mechanical obedience. It's about transformation. We were talking about it last time. It's not about mechanical obedience. You must get to a point where if God doesn't say anything, you do exactly what he wants. And he hasn't said anything. You have learned to reason like him. Just like you don't like somebody who does this mechanical. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people like that before. You say closing time is three o'clock. 3:01. They are downstairs. 3:01. You say, ah, you've left the office there. Closing time is three now. Just as so people just say, okay, I've heard. I've heard. Closing time is three, okay. Go now. They just you do, and the same way. That's how God feels. I mean, why can't you be doing a job you don't love the job? You don't love it enough to hang around for 15 minutes extra. 20 minutes extra. One hour extra. The first opportunity you want to get out of there. It's obvious. You know, people don't know. When you are very mechanical in obeying instructions, you just let out what's inside your heart. That is why Christians say, <laughs> you know, the secretary of the dollar said, uh, he anything. See, I think." I Me, mean, I don't even like to get involved in that discussion again. One man was trying to explain what kraftudala is. He said, "Son to kraftudala." What kraftudala meant was that if you, if you really, really, I give her, if from what he has said, now you will give more rather than less. I said, "If you are giving less, you have not saved." Sorry, maybe you are saved, but you don't know anything. Why should you be looking for excuses not to give? I don't know whether you are getting my point. Those of us who argued against that doctrine before, we just said, "Look, can't be legalistic." Like that man was trying to explain. Somebody forwarded his video to me, he was trying to explain, you know, Kevdola's been his a father to him, and people are misunderstanding him that he's not saying we shouldn't give. I said, How can he say we shouldn't give? Any preacher telling you not to give is not a preacher, he's speaking for Satan. How, how is it possible? How can you be like your father and you're not a giver? Is that possible? But legalism was what I have fought from the beginning. Like a friend that said, said, one of the experiences I had then, and it wasn't just because he said it. I've heard, do you know many testimonies? You, you still told me you want testimony. It's not just about two weeks ago. <laughs> two or three weeks. Uh-huh. It was even here you were speaking. Yes. One of our brothers said, sir, he said, before I met you, I was a working calculator. Everything, It was in bondage. He was always recording everything. If you buy him a meat buy he writes it down. He will, he will monetize 10% of it. I said, if you want to be, if you want to be really tight, you're not serious. Call the midpoint to ten and give God. Chop your portion, man. Let me. <laughs> are you telling me? Take your portion now. But let's be for the ah, and I heard a man preach it once. The whole tit. They have had all kinds of things that you have to calculate before you remove your tax. I said, eh? How can you pay government before you pay God? Am I paying God? Yeah, I've heard it. That how can you pay government before you pay God? So you cannot calculate 10% based on what is re- remaining. You calculate it based on the, the, what they call it in, in, in a uh, no wait, let me finish now, let me give you all simple service. Total emolument. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, I had to write and say, guys, this cannot be Christianity. This is pure legalism. So once I've, whether it's hold tight or part-time, once I've given it, I feel free. How can you be free? How can my child come home? Say, they say, we should bring money School school. Hey, hey, the percentage of my income that goes towards the education has been excel- exceeded for the, for the term. So tell your school we shall pay. <laughs> we don't do that now. When we see the things of God as our things, we calculating for who? God's things are mine. My things are his. We can't be doing... So when people we were talking about crypto I said, I bet this is all I'm sorry. That time when... Uh, at the frozen. Remember that <laughs> that frozen guy. When he was talking, I disagree with that guy one hundred percent, and I still disagree with him till today because he had the wrong spirit. Yes. That guy had the rebellious spirit. I will never agree with him for anything. His spirit is wrong. But grandfather, I to to set some things in place. It doesn't have a wrong spirit. But the the frozen daddy, that guy's spirit is no. That guy is saved. I'm not sure. But what? I'm is look, Christianity is not legalism. Don't just be looking for one commandment or no commandment. Try and know God. Try and understand Him. Try and walk in a manner that is worthy of Him to please Him in all respects. That should be your primary thing. At is this my sleeping. I'm not joking. Do you know? <laughs> Evil sleep. One day. God has given me good sleep. You know but Good things can easily become bad. So one day I just, as a banker, sit down. How many hours Have you slept today? I said, the sleep just a plenty. (laughs) After sleeping, and I went to the office, as I sat down like this, I slept off again. Now, I'm not usually a coffee drinker. That one morning like that, I woke up, went to have breakfast, and I drank coffee, good-sized coffee. I said, today, your eye must shine. (laughs) I have work to do. I know the truth. I was not like this because of God. I'm serious. I said, ah, God, you just sleep like an idiot. You know, there's this idiotic sleep. It's in the Bible like that. They two sleep. they two slumber. It becomes plenty sleep. Plenty sleep. But then your poverty comes like an armed man. You know what an armed man is? He kidnap you. <laughs> the day I sat down, I, I got to the office, I sat down. I stood to walk. I said, no, this sleep, you will not overpower me. I, stood, I said, look, I will stand. So I stood, everybody went to my office, like, why is this man standing? One of my comments, my mind said, sleep. They have to account to the Lord these several hours of today. There was a time that Kingdom World War wanted to kill me. I'm telling you. Then God began to send me help. Israel took some things away from me. People were just coming, taking things. Ah, so I now have time. So I said, thank you. Hey, God didn't give you time to go to Bahamas. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. People don't, people don't. Listen, let me tell you something about money. Those of you who God gives you extra money, if you are flying around the world anyhow, you will, one day you go explain. God will ask you something. Let me tell you, all the pastors that lie, eh? that lie to collect money, there are different kinds of pastors. Right? There are people who are not believers. They just be like say money day. If I had an argument with somebody that day, I told him that it pains me when you talk like this. For saying telling him that Bishop Wedeppo is building money because it's lucrative business. I said, you don't know anything. He said, if it's, if it's not lucrative, why is he building another one? I said, have you ever heard the word mission in life? Have you ever heard of the word mission? Some people do some things as a mission. Because the platform was not all believers. And I only said, oh, then those of us that keep increasing the number of radio station we broadcast on, we must be making money from each one. Because if we're not making money, why are we increasing it? That's a, that's a warped logic. Very warped logic. Very warped logic. Very, very twisted logic they a very warped logic. You can't be saying, that, okay, those of us who are now increasing the number of radio stations on which we are broadcasting is because each one is giving us money. But what we are doing is a mission. The people who pay for those radio broadcasts hardly listen to them. Not because they are angry with the radio broadcasts, but they are not even in the place. Now, back to what I was saying. So, there are some preachers who, they are not preachers, but you know some preachers who lie about money. They are just broke. So let me tell you the truth. Now, I'm not saying it's right, though. I want to just feel for people. You have to be touched with the feeling of people's infirmities. Mm. You know, one of the things I told God those days, I said, The Lord, please, oh. after I encountered some serious teaching, I saw, ah, ah. Only I saw, ah. It was as if I was seeing heaven. You know, serious, just instruction of the Word of God. I ha- Literally, I lost desire for you want to have money, you want to have car, you want to have house. It and the funny part, do you know who preached that message? Anyway, let me not even go there. There are two people, God used to instill that spirit in me. Then I told the Lord one thing one day. I said, Lord, please, you don't have to give me money, you don't have to make marriage. I said, however, can I make a request? If I'm going to be poor financially in life, don't give me a wife. I, I meant it. I meant it. I wasn't joking. What was my reason? And I told him straight. I said, Lord, you know, if I'm hungry, and by myself, it's not a problem. But if I'm hungry and there's a wife and there are children, I bet don't lead somebody into temptation. Yeah, I, I knew to be tempted. I knew. That's why Paul did not marry me. He didn't want trouble with a shipwreck. Instead of you to be thinking of the gospel, I think they your the children at home. Inside like a shipwreck. That's how to drown. <laughs> but those who don't have children at home, they would just be picking teeth as they are floating around. Then the dangers with kindness, the one doesn't even care. <laughs> 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 but those of are hey, 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 they are the ones that will drown. What i to say. I understood it could be difficult. And this, the, the fact that there are preachers who hmm? that's the situation. School is starting next week, one guy is going to university, two are in secondary school, one is in primary school, and everybody ha- money has to come. Today, about the preacher that I heard of that deferred admission for his children for a whole year. There was nothing wrong with them. They passed jam by themselves, passed white. They were okay. But he didn't have money to pay. Thank God, the one, from the story I heard, that one, he didn't lie. He wasn't a missionary. So there's not much to lie to a <laughs> missionary. Who do you want to deceive? But imagine that I come to church. As I'm coming, like all of you are parking one after the other. Parking, mess this mess. Park a Camry, pack a, pack a, where's Madame with Honda? Park your Honda, i pack parking. And then you walk up as your, your cloth is shining. Hmm. You say, Pastor, you have been a blessing. In my mind, today, I'm a curse. <laughs> that's what I'll be thinking. <laughs> Nonsense, blessing. If I've been a blessing, I you go the chop, I go the lean. Is it good? I, that, that's what I'll be thinking of. See, I'm not saying it is ideal, but it's natural. So many people cross the line at that point. Like that man, I told you the story I heard. I don't know him personally, but I know one person that knows him. He had, he had a new car. Ah, so he went for a minister's conference. He said, Ah, man of God, Pastor Kemote, this is a nice ride. How did you get out? It's not I beg. I'm just joking. He said, I want one brother for church to give me the car. Somebody in church, is said, ah, I knock on prophecy now. He said, I knock on prophecy. You no know, one I first said it, I was very angry. How could he do that? Then when I heard the background to it, I realized that it's not good to knock prophecy, but man, both of them are, they are guilty. And it's the second party that I'm talking about. I, you know, I know I went to this, that you will account for everything before the Lord. That's what I'm trying to explain. Why I did I knock on prophecy? He said, this guy can't judge. No, do, no, do, no, do, no. Of course, he didn't have anything. He didn't have n- no, nothing. He was hearing the word. They were praying, prophesying. And the word works. So. How do you know the word works? Yes. Next thing, the guy buy one. He buy a Next thing, he married. Next thing, he built a house. Then he built, he bought the second car. The same church. The same prophet. See, that guy was prophesying. Zechariah was prophesying. Zerubbabel was doing exploit. You know, I had that the did lean. the Zerubbabel was saying that not by might, not by power, but by the spirit. The two olive trees. <coughs> no manual, And you want the oil to keep flowing undiluted, un- unpolluted. That guy was watching. He said, nah, he, he said at that point nah, he the guy bought a third car. Ah. The guy provoked. He was confessing. He said, "I am not (laughs) confess." Said the Lord said, "The Lord said." Now, was he lying? Yes. (laughs) I think he was lying. Will God punish that? Yes, but the punishment is shared in half. Half for the man, half for the person with the not prophecy. Each one of us will give what? Account. Account. We will give account. Every see. I'm talking about pleasing God. That even when it comes to time, I saw that God gave me time. And then I now said, God, what is the time for? There was a time I wanted to I was using his time for something else. And he reacted violently. I freed the time. That's half it because if you see, sometimes sin is divided into two, even though it looks like one to the average person. That the sin of Adam was dual. He said, How did he say it again? He said, God said to, (laughs) yes, two things. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, that's one, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat. Two sins. It looks like one, but to God it is two. He told Israel. You have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. That's one sin. Then you went to do what? Heal for yourself. systems, systems that can hold no water. When God breaks down sin for you, in fact, you say, God, don't talk again. I'm just going to help by myself. Where's the door? <laughs> when not for the grace of Jesus. We do things wrong. So when he breaks it down. So for me, I got that time back. But what did I use it for what it was meant for? That's start falling asleep anyhow. So I didn't give it time so you can be falling asleep. So I woke up. Of course, <laughs> the moment I realized what was going on, that was why you go worship and sense control. A few weeks after I recovered, before I was afflicted, I went astray. A few weeks after on that book, I said that one just that one is ready. In fact, I carry it around up and down. Okay. God helping me. Judah, you've not been doing your work of reminding me. We walk by faith. So every time I sit down, I'm I'm cranking out instructions. They say, okay, sit at home on Mondays. We sit at Kingdom World on Mondays. Many of you know. Because you have to give account. It's even time I'm talking about. I use that morning thing to let people know that many preachers who are telling lies now. It is not them God will ask. It's a man who is traveling up and down the world. Enjoying himself. No chopping large. (laughs) God says, Okay. No problem. The job, they go. They far they go. One day you will explain. I will show you the consequences of your tithing. Do you hear what I said? Of your what? Not, not, not tithing. Of what? Tithing. Tithing. Ties, ties. 10%. Why? You were giving me 10% and then you freed yourself. So when you are flying you say, God will protect me. Why? I gave him 10%. When you are going to where you're not supposed to go, say God will protect me. Why? I gave him 10%. Because uh, meanwhile, my commandment in your life, if you had obeyed it, nothing less than 75% of your income will have gone out in gifts and offerings and support of all sorts. You, turn, you give me 10%, then you buy a house abroad. <laughs> then you give 10%. Then <laughs> you carry over from money to go and eat ice cream in Dubai. These are people are very funny. When they want to do bad, they pick God first. You know they are conscious of the thing that this thing want to do. Is it the best use of your money? Say oh, honey, have we done our first fruit? Yes, we have. We did it in February, second week. Our tie is complete. Some people give me. Some people send money to Kingdom. World. If you are dead, let's just listen to. I laugh at you sometimes, even though you are a good person, basically. But you should do some things. You send offerings like ten thousand nine hundred and fifty-two naira. Like say. What's wrong with just rounding it up? What is it? just just make it eleven thousand? Say no not tight. See <laughs> what kind of things is. You so, don't you know, God, God the vex go it didn't pass? Okay, he goes very short, I know, but if you <laughs> I don't get it. You know, like okay, okay. Let us assume that like Cref uh, said in that message that one day missed his tight by a few cents, then somebody carry stone, breaking glass. And I say, God, just for a few cents. You can't even overlook. 20 cents. Maybe <laughs> he tied to us, you know, he just missed. He said, okay, you rounded it down. Okay, let us even assume it's true that God was angry. Round it up now. How are you going to send offering that is 10,989? Like are you selling a Walmart? 9.99. <laughs> Please, brethren, just round it up next time, okay? Guess I'm talking to you. You say, no, it th- <clears throat> it's Look, God is not angry when you round it up. So if I round it down, okay, maybe he will be, be angry. I'm not saying he will be, but let us just assume. But, come on. It's not like that, really. The Lord is not like that. So, this woman, I was telling her about her husband, they would not say, okay, honey, how much is our Ah, It's 1.8 million. Okay, just make it 2.5 so that the Lord will be happy about it. No, but see, this brother is generous. No, he's buying freedom to spend the balance. If you're like that, it's not acceptable. Christians do it. You buy freedom to spend the balance. So when you are spending the balance, you know, your conscience will calm. When you are eating things you are not supposed to eat, your conscience won't talk. Why? I have given the Lord his portion. Now what I want to say, please don't be angry. I'm not threatening you, but I must say it. Because should I make you sick small, so you'll understand my point? Should I just give you small sickness? Pursue it around for like six months. Then you get my point. Then you give the doctor a percentage so that you can go around. Do you do that? You don't do that. You pursue health with aggression. You know what I found out in medicine? The most, the, more, the most expensive drugs are the most ineffective for what they are treated. Let me say it again so that you hear me well. The most expensive drugs are the most ineffective for what they are treating. What do you mean? What does it cost to kill malaria? There are anti malaria at 600 naira, as of today. For those who don't know, we're talking about one dollar. And they work. One day, my friend came from America. He wanted to buy some anti malaria because he lives in America. Sometimes he comes to Nigeria, he has to take prophylaxis for malaria. So he we went to one shop. <laughs> so. I wanted to buy one pack blood, let me not prescribe drug online. So I asked them, so he said, okay. So I asked the guys. They told me the amount. Ah, like, is that not expensive? He tapped me, said no, no. no. Uh, bring like five, you know, like five, five packs. He more than in one, no. Okay, bought three instead of one. He said, give me three. He said, Banky, wait. So, anyway, make a long story short. Each pack came to like two dollars. Oh, let's be Banky, what do you mean it's expensive? Say if I bought this in America, each pack was like maybe like let me not exaggerate, okay? But compared to what he was buying in Nigeria, it was more than 10 times. That's why I quickly bought extra. Maybe like uh, maybe a dollar or two dollars a pack for malaria. And guess what? It works like what? Fire. Somebody say fire. Fire. It works like fire. One of the cheapest antibiotics. You give them for a boil. Boom, the boil will melt in 36 hours. How much are they? In dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars. In naira, I'm not talking about a few thousands, and you're okay. And they cure. One day, they told me about one particular drug for a kind of cancer. So we're having a meeting, We're presenting, presenting. So I asked my colleagues who were more into cancer therapy. I said, like, what does the woman get for this? So it can extend life by like eight months. Like ah. Some women don't agree to take. So no, let me die. use the money to take care of my kids. Yeah, because I'm not talking ten naira. I'm talking of drugs of like monthly. You take it for six, seven months, six hundred thousand a month. Sometimes we are discussing. They say, okay, this person is in pain. Okay, let's send for radiotherapy to reduce the pain. Three hundred k. It's not a kill. Just get that tumor out of that side where it's pressing on the nerve. So make the last days comfortable. Some of these sicknesses they are of the devil. That is, they don't just kill you; they impoverish you first. As the family is grasping at every straw, everything. You see millions be melting. At such times, you don't calculate a percentage of nothing. That's what I'm making. You don't calculate a percentage of anything. And sometimes, because of my understanding, you just look at cities. You're paying that this will not work. This is not going to work. People are investing money. Why? They can't sit down and do nothing. Sometimes doctors in Nigeria will say, okay, this is okay. They say, no, let's not go to India. The Indians will let you come to tell you the same thing the doctor said in Nigeria. So I said, the only way to tell me i calculating for God. said, you don't appreciate anything. Something's wrong with you. Yeah, seriously. So that's why I talk the way I talk. I said, Do you know life? If God wants to teach you a lesson, He will give His own to a chase for six months. At the, the six, at the end of six months, the doctor will tell you who made a diagnosis. That's wrong. It's not, it's not wrong. It's God that's achieved you have learned your lesson now. Now let me cure you. Wipes it out. Doctors, are, I think we make made a mistake. They didn't make a mistake. So God just said, "Now you have learned that when things matter to you, don't make calculations. I wanted to make my wife happy. Okay, let me change your car. I scraped every naira and every dollar I saw in every corner, just so my wife can drive around comfortably. Every naira and every dollar I saw in every corner. I think you want be to an answer that. Day. You give God ten percent. What's wrong with us? I mean, how how we take rich there? Let's love the Lord. That's the point I'm making. Let's aim to please Him in everything. Wasn't that what Paul told us? Let's leave the Christianity of legalism. I I pray for one hour today. You are feeling spiritual. You don't have problems. No, you don't. You don't have problems. (laughs) If you get problem, you need down. they say, Go, come, let's go. See, I'm coming, it remains small. We're about to break through. <laughs> They're taking for God. You know, some of you, the one that makes me laugh, people have done some things. They actually expect God to do them some, give me something. Like my son said once, I said, Let me help you with your homework. He said, No. I was taking my back. I want to help you with your homework. That was actually like when I was a little boy. He said, No, mommy will help me. I said, but mommy is not available now. I'm very available. He said when mommy when I fin- when mommy helping me, she'll give me something. <laughs> I said, Oh, that's the deal. <laughs> that's how some of us behave. <laughs> we do what we're supposed to do, God should give us something. That's what I do with my children. Eh? <laughs> and it's a matter of fact, like that, don't worry. All the homework, right? A you know, A, B, all those kind of things. Some of us, we've done something small. Expect God to give us something. I, I came for, what do you call that? Business uh, by the Spirit. And we were here on Friday. And we we're on Saturday morning till the night. After that, God will give me something. because, ah, please don't go. I don't want to give anybody anything. I must not give you something because you came to bless yourself. Instead of people to rejoice that, ah, I'm not the person I used to be. Now I can go out and please God more. This was how I was doing my business before. I did not know it was displeasing to the Lord. Was it Jewish that they found a scroll, talked somewhere in the temple, the commandments of Moses concerning worship, and they saw they had been doing everything wrong? He tore his clothes. Like, what? What have we been doing all this while? Christians must be consumed with the pleasure of God. That should be the yardstick. Am I pleasing God or am I not pleasing God? That's a yardstick. You know, have I pressed certain keys to get a miracle out of him? A smile, a nod, a look of approval from the Lord should be more important to you than any miracle you can collect for yourself. I never forgot what one brother said, he said, mansion in heaven. He said, I don't care about mansion in heaven. I just want to hear, well done. Good and faithful servant. He said, after that, he said, you and sit on a mango tree. He said, I'm fine. I never forgot it. So let me just hear it. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. After that, I don't care. I don't. To him, according to him, that's my greatest reward. That's what I'm looking forward to. I want God to say, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. So that's it. And when I'm walking on the road, when I say, Stop, I look at you and say, Do you know? This is his beloved son, in whom he's well pleased. And I'm wearing my tattered clothes. I will smile everywhere. If you say, God, stand at the back of the hall. You can't come to the front. You're not a man of God. I don't care. Because in my heart, I have heard it. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. You know, I just, feeding on that alone will give you satisfaction for breakfast. i you eaten this morning. Yes, what did you eat? I just remembered he said to me. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. A major problem in life is that we, have, we derive satisfaction from things that don't matter. People of God, let's bear it in mind. That's what we're talking about. So that's why God doesn't give visions the way many of us will want to receive visions. Sometimes I want to pray say, Lord, tell me where am I going to go next week? Because if I tell you where you will be according to my will next week, you just make that choice. And you will miss the process. You will not become. Do you understand my point? Yes, I won't change you. You just make a choice. I will, see, you're going to be somewhere next week, according to my will. But this is how you will get there. I will put ten junctions in front of you. And you will, by instruction and understanding, choose the right road each time. When you choose the right road 10 consecutive times you will end in the center of my perfect will. I will reward you not for being in the center of my perfect will but for choosing the right road 10 times in a row. It's like mathematics. The teachers call steps. Yes. So students are taught especially in secondary school even in university all those that show me your walking. We know the answer is 5.8. How did you get there? If you write 5.8, without giving us the steps, we should give you minus one. You cheated. So you you first have to tell us board mass. Based on board mass, I know some of you are confused already. That's why you didn't pass mass in primary school. (laughs) You will learn it by force. You think you have escaped? Because of board mass, I group these ones in the bracket and this one, I worked them out first. Okay? And I moved all of this to this side. There. That's an, they are scoring each point. Then finally, the last point was 11.6 divided by 2, which works out to 5.8. As you now say, which works out to 5.3, which is wrong. They will still give you 9 over 10. Why? That's a mistake. They know. If you know all these steps, that's a mistake, but if you didn't get the figure, okay. We'll forgive you. But we won't give you the mark. Okay, let's just give you nine over ten. That is how it is in working with God also. Many of us want to pray. Hey, Koshta, Father God, you will speak to me. Hey, talk, ha, ah, oh, I hear, I tune my ears. Mm, wait. And we have heard all kinds of nonsense. Because spiritual realm is full of chatter. Oh, all kinds of talk, 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 talk. So what happens when we'll tune to what we think is only spirit frequency. When we don't hear anything, it's supposed to be ninety-eight point five. You just shift it to ninety-eight point five five. That's demonic frequency, you don't know. <laughs> you shift them down the other way, is your own spirit frequency. Why was it that you were missing it? Because the Lord wasn't saying anything. And you had made up your mind you must hear something. So when you tune this way, you, you don't radio tune before. Just one tiny fraction, you are hearing another channel. You turn, uh-huh, So many people have had different channels because somebody said I want you to speak in terms of five hours after fasting. God will speak to you. you God say, is it by force? <laughs> okay, I'm not talking because I'm not saying anything. But you've told yourself you must hear. These who tell us in school, you say, there's how. God will talk. God will speak. God will speak. It's not true. He has spoken. It's in your Bible. Many times he doesn't want to give any special conversation or any special instruction. All he wants to give is ten junctions. And because many things in life, you have been tested, you have been proved. And the test for the day in the next junction. Where do I go next? You wake up in the morning, there are just two roads, left or right. Then my rain doth instruct me in the night seasons. The things you've learned over time will tell you, hmm, if you go this, this road on this right side, It shows you don't believe those things you've been saying for the last one year. It's true. Then Can you testify fully of this or you have to hide this and hide that? Ah. Then you look. The other road is called the gate of righteousness. You enter it. There's not much in front of it. But at least you rejected what was evil. Deeds of darkness. What are deeds of darkness? Things you have to hide. Because number one, that's one point. he has called you there. Then you go like that, number two. It gives you another one, another level. This one requires you to pray. It needs, uh, a friend calls you. You, are, you, are, you analyze the issue. I remember one day somebody invited me for something. You know? But uh, the person spoke and spoke and spoke. I said, so, okay, please let me think about it. She was quite persuasive. But wasn't the kind of thing. So I was just thinking, my wife now said, I, I, I asked my wife, what do I do? She said, if it was one poor pastor's wife that asked you for this, will you consider going? I just called the person and said, sorry, I can't come. It don't do me. The idea of this one, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, is because of the financial caliber of the person invited. Once you just put it like that, I said, why are we even thinking about this? This is not even a topic for discussion. She just said, ah, if it's one poor pastor's wife that invited, it, it was a woman for this particular program, will you go? And it hit me. And I was praying about this. I was thinking about this. No, that was the counsel. I realized it was only a prayer point because of respect for man. I said, no, if only to prove to God, I know go go. That's what God does. He tosses another junction. Each junction is testing your adherence to instruction. So understanding, he gave you before. So sometimes he doesn't just jump and tell you something. He says, make up your mind. When he says make up your mind, it's not as if he has left everything to you. No, to use your wisdom. No. He said, I've been instructing you. Use the instructions I have given you over time to make decisions ten times. The tenth time, you will find my will. The tenth time, you will find my will. That's what he says. So if you want to walk in the will of God all the time, it's not to go and learn how to pray until you hear something. It's continue to pray until you understand his will. What is the will of God? You know, if you've been, if I, At our Bible study, we discussed this before. We have a Bible study series on it. I tried to pull it out when I, just, as I was about to come up. I said, no, this thing will come up. and good enough. I just raised there now. Many times people say, what is the will of God? What do they, what do they mean? I'm going to buy this handkerchief. Should I take a white one or a blue one? That's what they call the will of God. I have two job offers. Should I take the one that takes me to Meduguri or the one that takes me to Cameroon? That's what they call the will of God. And each one, to be honest, God has, let me remove the word will for a moment. God has a decision on each of these. So I'm not saying he does not But oftentimes people limit that to the will of God alone. That is that, that's the only thing they call the will of God. They limit that, you know, those decision-making issues. That's what they call the will of God. But it's beyond that. The will of God, one, different things described as the will of God in scriptures. They are up to, there were counted about six of them. Yeah. Number one, our lifestyle. That's what is called the will of God in our lifestyle. For example, if you go and read Romans chapter 12, verse 1, what did it say? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will know what the will of God is. So how you reason? You can be reasoning in the will of God or reasoning out of the will of God. Like I told you I was having a discussion. Well, an argument actually with a colleague. And he was trying to say to me that if I'm saying that a place like Covenant University, he said that "Ah, that Bishop Wede Paul is cleaning out. What started it was, anyway, let me not get uh, to get us us into more gist. Let me leave that. I said, what do you mean he was explaining out. He gave me a calculation of what the children pay, the students pay, how many they are, and if all of them paid, it showed that it came to a few billions every year. I said, is that so? He said, yes. I said, please, give me an idea of the expenditure that goes with that. He refused to answer. I said, no, now, you just told me this is the revenue. How do you tell me somebody's making profit without comparing it with expenditure? He refused. I said, Look, obviously, you just want to believe what you want to believe. There was time we had a long discussion like that, and I told people that, Look, you guys, in fact, one of my friends is a professor in America, a professor of um, you know, energy law. He was so happy, somebody said something. He said, He doesn't like talking people are talking because people are too ignorant about what goes on in education. One day I calculated for a class of medical students. In Essos here, Enugu State University of Technology, a college of medicine, I said to them the fair tuition that will cover just your lecturer's salaries alone is 2 million naira a year. That will not pay your buser, it will not pay for hostel. To just give them enough money to pay your lecturers is 2 million naira a year. So, if they wanted to just charge you for everything, you probably give them like 2.6, 2.8. How much do they pay? 250000 I said, people say that government is not trying. I said, government is trying. I gave them a calculation. I showed it to them the, number, the proportion of lecturers to students, how many things you need, the way medical training is. Medical training is funny. For example, now, you will say that, okay, you are teaching pathology, all right? But they need, by law, probably need to have like 10 lecturers for that. Because they have four arms, and they will say they need one. You no, they say, when they do the calculation for it, the number of students are approved. Ten lecturers, to t- ah, these guys, you must pay them. You know the way Asu people, are. <laughs> After delegates, not <nah> <laughs> Sorry, oh, sorry, oh. I mean, I'm not vexed, i just a joke. Oh. I mean, a joke, I'm oh, not joke. Oh. The point is that you pay, and the funny thing is that the private universities pay exactly the same, otherwise they will not get lecturers. They can owe you. Some of them go, oh, <laughs> but at least they will sign that they will pay that amount. I did the calculation, I said, my friend, you guys should be, should be, should. in fact, I found out recently that for that state university I'm telling you about, the money is shared. The state pays, the local governments all contribute to that college. I was asking my colleague that and now told me that that is why each local government is guaranteed a certain number of admissions. He said, because they are the ones funding the school. So that they set number, lo- they've shared it out. That is, each local government. This is yours. So when they collect jam result, each local government will bring out their candidates because it's our money. So by the time you are seen that they are paying two fifty instead of two point five million, they have a ninety percent discount. Some that money is coming from somewhere. So we sat down analyzing. Look, I've taken you from the main thing I'm trying to say. We analyzed. Man said, no. If the government investment was not making money, why are they opening another one, landmark? Why are they planning to open another one? I said, do you understand what they call mission in life? Have we ever sat down here, those of you, you know, in the course people, to check out what each radio station is bringing into Kingdom World Ministries? Yet from this Monday, if I'm not told you here, this Monday, we're kicking off in Abuja. Five times a week. Who cares? But we have a mission. As long as God supplies. Abuja, is it, is it 26th? Yes, that is at the number 26. So I told you, once Abuja kicks off, guys, put breakfast. Who has ever sat down to say, where's money coming from? Where's money not coming from? As long as the money comes and we can pay. See, why am I saying this? So when I got into that. At the end of the day, they said, let me teach you business 101. I said, you don't understand. So I realized that the money, I told them, oh, for you, money is king. I said, for me, mission is king. Let's leave it there. I said, obviously, we will not come into any agreement. Because for you, it's just about money. That how can somebody open one university, go to another one? Please, let me use Kingdom World. How can you go on one station, go to another and You are telling me you guys are not making money. Now, you know what? You cannot argue with that person. You can't. Because obvious, every decision is money calibrated, money driven. Uh, yes, I know there are pastors who do it. They won't open a branch except they've done the financials. We're talking about the will of God. So, we have two situations. Mission mind, money mind. So, am I mission minded or money minded? One of them is what is called the will of God. So, the will of God is not just did you open the university, did you go on that radio station or you did not. It's what is driving you. What is driving you? That is the will of God. So, that is the reason you can't be telling me uh, does God want me to marry this person or not? God says you, see, you are getting the point wrong. You are getting it wrong. We have not reached the point of who. We are still on the point of why. We are still on the point of purpose. We are still on the point of because if you stay on this issue, we you will get a who. Because you see, let me tell something about God. Eh? If you don't love God, He's the most confusing person to work with on earth. We don't love him. Jeremiah used a word for scripture. People don't like it for God. People don't like it. He said, God has deceived men have been deceived. God deceives people. In quotes, please. What do you mean? He said, to oh, the crafty, I will show myself as crafty. He is not a deceptive person. But if you don't understand him, you will come to him. And your name is Balaam. Should I follow Balaam? Can you say go? Then on the way, he wants to kill you. Why? Because when he said go, you have been deceived. Why didn't he tell me not to go? He did not tell you the first time. Why are you making him repeat himself? Instead of him repeating himself, why didn't you say once he has spoken twice, I keep on hearing that thing again and again. So when you came back the next time to ask him, should I go, he reasoned with himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. said, this one wants to go, and nothing will be withheld from him that he wants to do. So actually, he's not giving you his perfect will. He's giving you his judgmental decree. Having considered everything, I hereby authorize you to go. It is not that it pleases me. That is why the Lord spoke to me is not the same thing as it pleased the Lord. The Lord spoke to me is not the same thing as it pleased the Lord. Never forget it. The Lord spoke to me is not the same thing as it pleased the Lord. Because indeed, the Lord spoke to Balaam, but it did not please the Lord. And the Lord showed up by an angel on the way to show him where the heart of God was. And by contravening God, he was going to die. Except that the Lord sent his spirit into his donkey. And the donkey avoided death on his behalf. So many people come and say, what is God? We go say, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we have not reached the place of what yet. Let's get to the first hurdle. Let's cross it of why are you are doing what you are doing. That's why God can't talk to people. Because they are asking the wrong question. Lord, these three men are saying I should marry them. Which one should I marry? God says, "He is irrelevant. Anyone you marry is against my will. Why? You have not even asked yourself, what is this marriage thing about? How is it going to help me serve you better? After all, anyone that's living without having the purpose of spreading the knowledge of Christ is dead while still alive. we discussed that on Tuesday. You're not asking me the right questions. You have not even gotten to the place of the important thing. Yet you are fasting, So you fast until a hole opens in your stomach. And communicates with the exterior. And I, Not that I won't answer you. I can't answer you. It's like you come to me, I speak only Russian, and you speak only Portuguese. Okay, let me speak a language. I speak only Russian, you speak only English. I don't have understand a word of English. You don't have, understand a word of Russian. And you are trying your best with ordinary words. Okay, on the phone, good. Not, you can't use gesture because you communicate three ways, word, gestures, and spirits. That's cool, taught us those days. All right? So, you can only use words, you're on the phone. So, you are talking and talking and talking. You know, there's no point continuing the conversation. I can't answer you. Why? I don't understand what you are saying. And if I were to be able to receive inspiration concerning your question, I also can't answer you. Why? You won't understand what I'm saying. So, Jesus said, There are things I want to tell you. You can't bear them now. It's not about I don't want to talk. Even if I did, you won't understand. And my experience in life over these years is that I have seen God say things to people, which I, I understood, and the person fully, hundred percent, misunderstood. And there's no way of arguing with the individual because he's thinking on base eight; you're on base five. You're on two different bases. So many times people are asking, "What is the will of God?" God says, I can't talk to you. We're not the same language. We're not speaking the same language yet. God, to call my will, He's... There are three men here who wants to marry me. Which one of them will buy my mother the right judge that I've been thinking about? Which one? You know, that wedding dress that my favorite actress used for a marriage that lasted 18 months is the one I want to wear. And it's expensive. And I don't have time for all this rental thing because I'm going to wear it on my 10th anniversary. I'm going to wear it on my 25th anniversary. And, you know, you've you, you read so much useless romance novels and the history of celebrities in America, your brain is not working again. That's what you're asking. You don't know. And you're like, ah, I have to, which one of them will build their house faster? Because, you know, yeah, 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 it's inside your heart, though. And the day, my friend, my, 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 one of my aunties, her husband died. Which one will live to be 115? Because uh, they want to be a widow. That are the three questions you're asking. You have not said, God, which one pleases you? You're just asking which one is going to satisfy my standards that are placed in my heart. So you pray one day, God cannot answer. You pray second day, God cannot answer. After one week of praying, you say, God, today you must talk. So God says there's no problem. I will give you the one. Listen to this. That satisfies, listen to this, all the desires of your heart. And it gives you that one. Because there are only three things you ask for, Abby. You will live very long, you will bow the wedding things properly, and you will build the house on time. And you will get that then you will now know that life has about twenty five thousand other variables. You all wake up in the morning, some you all beat you for the sake of beating you. Your bitch. That is, you didn't do anything. No? <laughs> they want to do a boju. Somebody went and told you that, listen, don't be soft for any man. If you rise up, he throws you from upstairs. You think the guy is joking. The day you rose up, he threw you from upstairs. Now for orthopedic who can't see you, where did they bend your leg? That day you realize that this guy is not joking. They now discover that his grandfather used to sell Igbo. His father started smoking at 12. I don't mean I don't mean uh, cigarette. I mean the thing. <laughs> that he was possessed with alcoholism from his mother's womb. And you don't want an alcoholic in your house. He has money but he's high on drugs perpetually. But God spoke to me. That he was in my husband. <laughs> what is it? I had your what you call my will. Did you not build the house? Uh, Yeah, has built the house. Did did you not get? Did you get Cinderella's dress? I got Cinderella's dress. Don't worry, his drugs will not kill him. He will live to be very old. How's it? Every day you are in pain. How's we are laughing at? who didn't get Cinderella dress? They didn't build house like that too. Maybe they will live to be only (coughs) eighty-five. But they are going to be married for 60 years of perfect bliss. The only problem is that they go to church too much. For, my husband is always going to church. They've gone for evangelism in the rural areas. Your, those children, evangelists from their mother's womb. John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, Peter, John. <laughs> those are the things he has. <laughs> yes. The very things you despised. When we're talking about the will of God, you have to understand it. You can force God to talk. I've heard him say that. And before I know, before I, God spoke. <laughs> you know, it doesn't you know me now. It doesn't impress me because I know God speaks. Don't be talking divine. There were things he said to Moses. Jesus said, mm, Leave that in. I was the one that told Moses. What do you mean? In the beginning it was not so. So why did you not tell them that they could divorce their wife? He said, Because of the hardness of their hearts. Mm, leave that thing. That's as if you don't love God, it's hard to follow. That's why Jeremiah said, using King, he said, The Lord has deceived me and I've been deceived. Correct translation. But people couldn't believe They said, The Lord has persuaded me, I've been persuaded. They all, they've tried to explain it. But it's just that to the crafty, he appears as what? Crafty. He said, I will manifest myself as crafty. To the one who's crafty. Someone say, saying, What is the will of God? These are the questions. That the things go to Understand, it's not just about a specific decision. Number one is your lifestyle, your manner of conduct, and reasoning. So that's why we confess all the time. In Colossians chapter one, we say we are being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, we are walking in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects. That's it, because that's the will of God. It's not just about um, a specific decision. Paul said this is the will of God concerning you, your sanctification. Th- let's just read that one. First Thessalonians chapter 4. They now began to break those things down for them. Let me start from verse 2. He said, "For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification." Not a specific decision, but total change in your life, cleansing That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how, there's a process, to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion, like the Gentiles who do not know God, and that no one transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all these things. Just as we also told you before, and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. Let's just stop that in that verse 7. So you see, that is the will of God. It's not just a decision, but what's What's your whole life like? What's your whole life like? He said in verse 13 of First Peter chapter 2 Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to a king as the one in authority or to the governors as sent by him. For the purpose of punishment of evil doers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Did you see that? The will of God is how you live your life even when it comes to relating with authority, with government. We discussed it then in our Bible study. Another one, when you talk about the will of God, what is the overall plan of God for mankind? That was our second point. And I can say that one clearly. He was establishing Jesus as Lord. So you are asking God, please what the, God says? This thing you are asking about. Have you even asked yourself how is this serving the purpose of establishing Jesus as Lord?" So when we talk about the will of God, it will refer to the eternal and overall plan. I'm giving you the list. The list we had in our Bible study. All right. As if I a script I'm looking at here. Then again. We also describe the thought description, God's specific plan and the purpose of God for each person's life. It's also the will of God. That is, are you called to be, you know, to be a preacher? Are you called to be an apostle, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, or are you Bezalel that does artistic things? Because each person has a calling. We also call that what? The will of God. So when I want to go and pray like those that brethren will say, you no, know, just talking about. Oh, no, no, they're not joking; they really talking. Say, that lady, that lady I beg. she's not ministry material. Mm-hmm. What are they trying to talk? That is, they are talking about preachers, young preachers. You want to marry? Make sure she's ministry material. They don't mean she has to be a preacher, but at least she has to be somebody who has passion for the things of ministry mm-hmm. and will be willing to sacrifice so that you can do the will of God when it comes to preaching the word of God. I hope you are getting my point here. Yes, so you see. This God's specific plan and purpose for your life is also what one of the things you call the will of God. You see, Paul talked about the Ephesians chapter 1. Let's quickly read that one also. In fact, the other day we were teaching in the house. And we quoted this our second Timothy chapter 1, right? Yes. He said, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, how? By the will of God. Not by desire. Not by convenience. Not by education. But how? By the will of God. That is, I've shown him things, he will suffer for my sake. Paul was talking about Paul. Uh, Jesus was talking about Paul. He will take my gospel before the Gentiles, he will stand before kings. That was the will of so Paul said, I'm an apostle. And we said here the other thing, we were talking about the issue of a ministry. Is it wrong, is it right to use title? And I said something that Paul never missed words. He made it clear. There's an apostle. Well, after we left the let us no, I didn't really answer the correct question. You know why we say should we use titles? Because now title is a badge of honor. That time, that title he was using was a badge of slavery. I hope you're getting my point. It means when he comes in Paul and Apostle, it means Paul. The the, sufferer, the sufferer for Jesus. Paul, who forsook his PhD to be going from one place to another to preach the gospel. Paul, who is poor but making many rich. Paul, who is shipwrecked but will see come back on the same voyage tomorrow to preach the same gospel for which cause he was imprisoned in the place he's going to. Paul, the scum of the earth for your sake. Paul, who goes hungry many times for your sake. Paul, who is doing his own portion in that which is lacking. In the sacrifice of Jesus. When they use the term apostle, it didn't mean Paul who flies a private jet. It didn't mean Paul who eats anything he likes anytime. Paul who commands all the branches and they all ties to him. You remember that, that's our doctrine? That all the tithes went to Peter. That's why Paul did not teach about tithes. <laughs> this, this guy's relative that preached it. Are you not both Christians? He's not your relative. (laughs) The Lord is good. No, that's not what he was calling Paul. That that was not what he was calling an apostle. What he was calling an apostle was that his life has been given in the service of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Now, I said something to us before. If you want God to answer you quickly, get his definitions right. Get his definitions right. Get his definitions right. Know what he's talking about. When I say, sit on your right hand and your left hand, (laughs) Don't go and just be asking for things that are going to kill you. You sh-? just say, hey, boys, you don't know what you're asking. You don't. know some women are so fiercely independent. I said, please don't marry a husband. You will never be happy. Did you hear what I said? By the time you want to marry a husband, you know that your independence, you have to lay down. I laid down, you know, I say, my life by myself. That's it. It's, it's a laying down. One of the things I, I was teaching my wife and, of course, shared with some of us here before, I said, submission is not a way of getting your will. Many wives think it is. When you submit to your husband, he will buy you anything you want. Have you heard that thing before? It's witchcraft. When you submit to your husband, anything you want, he will do it. That's a satanic talk. You know what submission is? It's the place where you stop wanting. It's a place where your happiness is not dependent on your happiness anymore. Did you catch that, that rhyme? There's a code inside there. There's something coded inside that thing I just said. Submission is not the way by which you, know, you get what you want, you'll not be happy. Submission is the way by which you don't want anything before you're happy. Just want to do the will of God. It's a place of death. I die to self. So if you are a fiercely independent person, pray that God will give you a very stubborn man, a man twice as stubborn as you. Do you know what I say? Not stubborn as in bad character, but firm, disciplined, able to rein you in. No, many of our sisters <laughs> like to fly, you're catching with nets. Hey, come and stay beside me here. We are going somewhere together. One day my wife and I were walking on the road. I said, oh, this road is good. She told me in that direction. i just pull her back. Come. Let's keep going. She got the point. <laughs> he, said, he said, okay, what if... I said, next time if the road is good, you will say, my husband, can I tell you something? You check that road. Look at it. I think it's a good one. What do you think? And I will look. And I will decide it is good. Then we'll go. But if you decide and pull me, you're on your own. I just keep on doing the will of God. <laughs> People think that marriage is uh, two friends. No. No, it's not two friends. It's a husband and a wife. Even Trinity, it's not three friends. There's a father, there's a son. And the son submits to the father. And the spirit does not say anything of himself, he only glorifies the son. The son does nothing of himself, only what he sees the father do. Uh, Equal. You, You want equal past Trinity. But I like, don't I like Christianity. Also, you min mingled Nollywood, Hollywood with Churchywood. It's not good. All these Nollywood people, I don't have their time. Because these bet people, eh? God will punish all of you. Whatever betting company you are, God will punish you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know what I found out? Even these boys who beg on the road, do you know it's betting they use their money to do. They wipe glass, wipe your glass, collect money to go and give to you know, American bets. Let's not call anybody's name now. When I found out, I said, God, oh, more punishment for betting companies. Go make them bankrupt, scatter them. Anybody that works there, let him be losing his salary. Ha? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Confusing young people. All what these what you see in traffic, when they collect the money for evening, go and bet. You send some people on errand. Money no, they complete. They use it to bet, hoping to win, and they go and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, that's what I said. These nollywood people I never get their time. They, they're about to start romanticizing divorce in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say, um, let me not mention anybody they say, She has split from my husband. They will not release it on Twitter. Look, anyway, and you know, please, who would do that job for me to dissuade for those people? You pray for them as individuals, but swear for them as a group. Scatter them. <laughs> Honestly, They want to just normalize iniquity. Now come and just announce. Well, and pastor, if you, if, if you pastors join, the same judgment we left for Nollywood, you go, Shell. that becomes be misleading people. Want to romanticize divorce. So, um, my wife and I have decided to separate, you know, because her acting career is taking a lot of time, and me, I'm going to the music career, and I make like nice. Oh, yeah, devo-. Some small girls will go home. I just husband, oh, me, we say, we're supposed to divorce now. Ah, but we're not go divorce. Do you know somebody actually offered, one woman, one manager, say, come, I hear you're a very good manager. You manage my, you know, manage my, what do you manage that? Manage me, sir. You no, know, they have managers, you know, she's a speaker stuff like that. Like I said, you ready for me? And the woman looked like, What do you mean? He said, I have to create two scandals first. And so we will take start. The woman said, What do you mean? He said, You choose one. One of them is um divorce, that one will work. You divorce your husband, then I'll start managing you. I don't want to marry you, I just want to make a public show of your life. Give people something to discuss on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And the girl look like Walker. Oh, okay. I beg I know they divorce my husband. I don't want fame. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They do it. After please, you know, I beg you last time. When you see uh, in 30 entertainment, just jump. When some actors are no longer selling, they go and do something mad. They don't, they don't sing, you know, no streaming. They don't sing, no streaming. Uh uh-uh. now, next thing you hear that a sex tape leaked. What were you doing filming in the first place? You are forty years old. Are you an idiot? It's not a leak. You know what I'm talking about? It's not a leak. It's a plan. So when you when they don't discuss and for social media for like six months, they release an album. Everybody wants to know the album will be titled My Story. <laughs> That's what they do. I saw so one foolish girl one day. I stumbled on her news one day. I looked at her. Foolish girl. Now her nude pictures are on the internet. But she no hammer. She no blow. And somebody told her that. I said that uh, if you want a girl, you have to do something. And this girl, they were doing breast awareness week. She goes post nude. So that they can use her photo. At the end of the day, they abuse her entire. They abuse her. They didn't buy her album. You know why she does have this thing? At least first before you begin crazy like this one. Look, if you want to mad, at least have something. Do you get my point? Have a very good voice and your madness. You say, ah, servicing. This one is not servicing. Not you Not know you know fine. You not know feel act. Nothing. Only just donate their nude pictures and ruin our future. Google is very wicked. Google. Mister Google. So they they we have to write a law, the right to be forgotten. For Google. Google said, okay, she is in Europe. They will they will, they will, they, will, they will search you from Africa. Nigerians don't have any law on the internet. Our internet is as open as our northern border. <laughs> <laughs> ah When I heard that story, I just shook my head. I said, Who bewitched you? Let me tell you something. Satan is very wicked. Satan doesn't like you. The only person that likes is Jesus Christ. Though. The only person that's concerned about it is Jesus. When the Lord Jesus said, "Don't go out, don't go out," oh. he said, "I want to go and play." He said, "No, no, 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 no. That is how the hawk will catch you, go and feed you to his chicks in the in the on the high mountains." Jesus is the only. Satan is very wicked. The only thing he does is to entice. He will sit outside your father's house and show you one big bone of ice cream. You look inside. My dad is I should not take ice cream from strangers. You put on the ice cream. My dad says you don't take ice cream. Yes, you put money. <laughs> yeah, my dad is I should not take. Listen, stop talking with Satan. Just close the door. Go inside. <laughs> because if you stay there long enough, if you stay there long enough, the other day say, Look, I don't know why I like Granotto just because you've been asking me. Say as you step out like this, boom! You don't know two of his demons. They just push you. They'll keep pushing you. start rolling down, rolling down. Doesn't nothing concern. When you go give you the ice cream later, you said there was no ice cream. There was what they call it, four D, three D. That uh, what they call that thing? A hologram. You know what they call chasing after the wind. Satan doesn't like you one bit. The only person that loves you, that died for you, is Christ Jesus. Follow him and don't follow any other person. You know what I'm telling you? (laughs) That young lady was fooled. They deceived her. And I felt so Young girl, early 20s or mid-20s. They all deceived her. What am I talking about? I dig into that. So, we're talking about the will of God. Let's understand. It's God's specific plan and purpose for each person's life. Another thing we now call the will of God, of course, is making the right is the decision, the right decision, or the plan of God for each situation. That we also call the will of God. As an example, we'll read that from 1 Samuel chapter 20. Don't bother opening to Israel so we can save time, as these are all stories you know anyway. You see in 1 Samuel 23, David asks, Behold, No, So they told David, behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are plundering the threshing floors. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and deliver Cala. What am I saying here? You see, each point there is a decision to make. What is the right decision to make? Who do we choose to replace Judas? That's also the will of God. I hope you're getting my point. All right. And then, to me, this is the most important thing. What is the will of God? Simply, anything that God likes, anything that is pleasing to him, that is the will of God. There's something people often call the will of God, which I like to call the judgment of God. It's because in the universe, there's nothing you can do without God authorizing it. So when God issues forth a word, we often call it his will. It's not necessarily so. It's his decree. The decree and the will of God, they are not the same thing. Even though people often imply the decree of God to mean the will of God, but it doesn't always mean it. The decree of God is that which God issues forth as a commandment and authorization based on all the factors put together. And one of the factors is his will. Let me give an example Can we divorce our wives? Yes, give her a certificate of divorce. Was that the will of God? No. Jesus said in the beginning it was not so. Then why did God say it? said because, one, he has a will. Two, the hardness of the heart of the people. When he joined the two together, he, got, he issued a decree. Another, another decree, as an example, Ahab. Who will entice Ahab to go to ramoth Gilead so that he might perish there? And the spirit came and said, I will. How will you do it? He said, I will be a lion spirit in the mouth of his prophets. God said, go and succeed in this thing you have told me you want to do. So he issued a decree. Was that the will of God? No. God does not want anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to what? Repentance. That's the will of God. But why did he issue that decree? Because Ahab was due for judgment. So he said, who will entice Ahab to go to Ramos Gilead? There, I want to punish him for his iniquity." I hope you are getting my point here. These are all the things that are called the will of God. But the most important thing of all these things we call the will of God. Sorry, the last one is the decree of God. And actually what we experience in the earth every time is a decree. Yes, it's a decree. It's the decree. What you just want in your life, in my life, for the church and for the nation, and indeed the whole earth, is that the decree of God will become his will. So Jesus, said, how do you accomplish that? One of the major things you do is prayer. Pray like this. Thy will be done on earth as it has been written in heaven. And that way you make the will of God become his decree is through repentance. So two things. First, number one, the knowledge of his will. through repentance. And three, prayer. We put those three things together. Then every time God speaks, he will issue forth a decree and that decree will be his will. But the fact that he has spoken an issue for the decree is not proof that you are in the center of his will. No. Other things mitigate. The hardness of your heart mitigates. Refusal to repent mitigates. The issue for the decree is not the major thing. You heard from him is not the major thing. So by the time you're talking about the will of God, the most important one is that your lifetime was being placed. So I said we should read from somewhere when I began Ezekiel chapter 14. <laughs> I said Jeremiah. I said Jeremiah. Eh? <laughs> that was the decree of the Lord. <laughs> the will of God is Ezekiel. But <laughs> I didn't even know I said Jeremiah. <laughs> it's Ezekiel. You know, Ezekiel and Jeremiah, they were contemporaries. All right? Uh, Ezekiel was a bit before Jeremiah, if I remember well. Sorry. Jeremiah was a bit before Ezekiel because God referred, Ezekiel would refer to Jeremiah but they prophesied in different places. One man was mostly based in Judah, and that was based amongst the exiles. And their prophecies were so similar, I actually used to mix them up. I'll tell Jeremiah, I said this. I'll go and read this. Now, Ezekiel, talk about That time I said Ezekiel, said this. Ezekiel, said, not me. It's my cousin, Jeremiah. So let's read Ezekiel chapter 14. I'll read from verse 6. Therefore say to the house of Israel... Thus says the Lord God, repent and turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of Israel or of the immigrants who stay in Israel, who separates himself from me, sets up his idols in his heart, puts right before his face the stumbling block of his iniquity, and then comes to the prophets to inquire of me for himself. I, the Lord, be brought to answer him in my own person. I will set my face against that man and make him a sign and a proverb. And I will cut him off from among my people so you will know that I am the Lord. Now, look at this. How do I know the will of God for my life? Now we've established what the will of God is. But we want to come to specifics and all of that. God says something very simply. People are not allowed to come to him he said, until they have rejoined themselves with him, because sometimes they separate themselves from him, and they have removed the idols from their hearts. And they have removed before their faces the stumbling block of their iniquities. He said, they must do that before they can come to the Lord to inquire. Now, what are, what, why did I read this? Just the same thing I've been trying to say all the while. For us not to think that the will of God is just a specific decision. You cannot walk in the will of God specifically, except you have been walking in that will generally. I hope you are getting my point. Now, most times we enter into God's will not consciously. We just enter into it because we have been walking in the general will. Then it guides us into the specific will. It's important we get this, because sometimes people want to know what is God's plan for my life. I say sometimes those questions are premature. First, no God's plan for the whole church. No God's plan for every believer because there are some things that are identical with every person. For example, God wants every iniquity, everything that is not of him, removed from your life. It applies to everybody. It's called what? Sanctification. It's called sanctification. And it's something you must pursue aggressively. It is the will of God. There's something that applies to everybody. He wants everybody to be built into the image of Christ Jesus. It applies to everybody. So God says, hey, don't ask me what do I want you to do. Walk on that one first. You know, I found out that except you get that right, you can never get the specific one right. You know, ah, people of God, eh? this Christ-likeness we preach all the time. Work on it hard. You see, stubbornness blocks your blessing. Stubbornness blocks your ability to make progress. Please, don't ever give yourself any excuse to stay in a spiritual state. You know, in my family, we are very stubborn. It's not a wrong, it's, it's a, it's not a wrong thing to say if you said it as a confession of a problem you must solve not an identity you have and we must cope with. See what I said? If you open your mouth and utter a statement about your weakness, it must be an acknowledgement of a weakness that has to be solved, not an identity we must cope with. Because if you don't solve it, it caps it. See, there's a reason why one had 30-fold, one had 60-fold, and God was okay with it, yet one got a hundred-fold. Why is a 60-fold, man, not a hundred-fold, man? Or why was a 60-fold man not a 100-fold man? Why was a 30-fold person not 60? And why not 100? Even though God gave us those three, I believe many people hang in between. And it's the reason I'm talking about. For example, if you discover that you're an impatient person, walk on it. Walk on it. You get angry easily, walk on it. You That is that one's self? Let's not even go there. When I say walk on it, it's walk. You will sit down and walk and pray. People always are praying that God should give them something. These are the things they need. See, the Bible, you know, in scriptures, there are traits God drops for us to copy. That's what the Bible calls the patience of Job. What's the patience of Job? You are not a whiner under your difficulties. Many people, they were in difficulty for eight years, grumbling for 16 years. That is enough grumbling. <laughs> they don't have the patience of Job. I hope you're getting my point. You see the scriptures, like you see the spirit of excellence in Daniel. That lack of bitterness you find with Joseph. There are people all over scripture. All right? Each person that God is using to show you one thing. And as I would do this series once in a while, learning from different people. And I said, every person we are learning from, we're not actually trying to be like that person. Because none of them, none of them have everything. Or none of them has everything. Each one has one, but God wants you and I in Christ to have everything. Only Jesus had everything. That's why he was called what the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith or our faith. And that's the person we are looking up to. He so said looking unto Jesus. So he gave you a long list. So you see, the apostles of old, the prophets of old that endured for the sake of Christ, learned their endurance. I hope you're getting my point. Each of those people, there is something you learn. The patience of a man like Noah. You also have to learn it. We all have to learn it. Now, what am I talking about it? Anyone you find you are shot on is the next project. And the Holy Spirit will let you know which one. Like Daniel had a particular record. They said in the matters of the king, there was no corruption or negligence to be found with Daniel. So, you see, that's my next project. Whoever I'm working for, including myself, because people sometimes are negligent in their own matter. They work in a the hotel, they make the bed very well, go to their own house. The bed will be like a tornado. That's where a reservoir goes to America. Yet, if you see the hotel room, that, you know, they are, what do you call this, with a walking in hotel. They professionally make you no know, bed there. Eh? My wife has this auntie here. Eh? If she makes bed for you. You can't find one crease. You no, know so wonder does she. Do? That is, when she's done with making bed, you won't find one. Any crease you see is your breast that I put it there. But when you are looking at the bed, some people will go out. They walk in a hotel. Me, when they when they arrange linen, arrange what do you call this in the bathroom? No towels and all of that. Perfect. You go to their house. Only Jesus can see. <laughs> you see disorder everywhere. People, learn charity in your own house. If you know how to make hotel bed, come home. Make your own bed. Well. Let, okay, if you're a married woman as an enter your husband and go, let him be looking at the bed. Say, almost see bed. You just be having pleasure. When you're lying down there. What am I going to say? Listen. We see the excellence demand like Daniel. No, because and I was trying to say something like there was no corruption or negligence. So I'm working for somebody. I work for the government. I make sure there's no corruption or negligence. Yes, there will be negligence here and then I start cleaning it out. That's what I'm going to say. It becomes a project. It becomes a project until I have that same character and possibly reputation as Daniel. I don't rest. Why I said the other one is that even if it's my own thing, you are the one that owns the business. Bros, sis, give us an account the last six months. Let's see what you have been doing. And your market you are selling. Your children say you say we should buy a notebook. You just dip your hand inside the things you have sold and give to your child to go and buy a notebook. They now say which is are worry your business. Why won't which worry your business? You are spending money without proper accounting. The Bible says know the condition of your flock. If you borrow money, they write it down. And pay it back. And pay it back. Many of us came for business by the Spirit. We discussed these things inside there. During the seminar. The Spirit of Excellence. You find it in Daniel. You find it in Joseph. You emulate them. You know why I'm saying these things? Because some of these things, we, oh God. I pray we understand. God wants to release his, his glory to people that he has prepared. I hope you're getting my point. That's why I said he doesn't give visions because visions confuse people. It confuses people. They will say, for example, you are the next king in Israel. And then they say, go and tend the sheep. Said daddy, how many kings have you seen on the pasture? I hope you're getting my point. Many people, that's it, that's the problem. Okay, go and meet your brothers. I'm going to send you an errand. You go, before they can, you go to the front of the battle and give them this for me. Daddy, how many kings do you see that they send an errand like this? Not knowing that that is where you meet Goliath. That's why your name will begin to rise in Israel. Yes, I made you king, but I'm going to bring you to the throne through a process. I made you king, but I'm going to bring you to the throne, through a process. We were talking, please. I don't want to talk much politics, but I want to break I'm song. I said, look, anything can happen. I said, it's true. God can do anything. I said, hey, brethren, relax. God could have brought David from the sky. Your land like this floats down. I am the anointed king. Did he do that? No. He stirred up the hearts of people here and there, who came together with all their energy, to make him what king so god needed david to face goliath it was part of the way to enthrone david but many people if they saw visions ahead of time they wouldn't allow to, they won't go there because what took him there was an errand he met goliath while running an errand not while raising his shoulder that is a king I hope you're getting my point. Listen, people come to me sometimes. What is my assignment in life? Before I ever talk about that, people have come to me, you know, ah, sir, I want to be mentored by you. <laughs> Can I beg you for something? All of you. Stop saying that in my ear. Did you hear what I said? Once you say that, I believe you are not serious. I just know you are not a serious person. You know why? Those who have mentored have never asked me, <laughs> they don't ask money, sir. Can I be mentored by you? I said, okay, okay. So, give me my admission letter because you are giving me a job now. (laughs) Give me an appointment letter. (laughs) Mentor. mentee. People have kind of said, just come for Bible study. Sit down. They don't don't show up. I'm going mentored by you. So, what you just want is my phone number. I'll be chatting with you. I'll be giving you the same Bible study personally that I've given to the whole world. What else do you call pride? Say, Pastor, please explain to me Genesis chapter one, verse one. You know you are my mentor. <laughs> In case you want to know, I will so block you. <coughs> I will block you on. I will block you on calls. Block you on WhatsApp. I'll just be block. If I see on the road, I block you, sir. <laughs> no nonsense! You tell them, just come and sit down. Mentorship is not about, you know, special relationship. No. Mentorship just means that you observe me, you listen to me. Sometimes you ask, please, good afternoon, sir. Please, I have a question. There's this problem. Then, because we see you with gist all the time, then I give you my answer and you go away. The first time a brother introduced me as a mentor, I, did not, I, did, I didn't even know the meaning of mentor. I didn't know I was even old enough to mentor anybody. Introduced me to Professor Jerry Garner. Yes, sir, please sir. You need to the, uh, me. He says my mentor. I look at him, what are you saying? This is my big man. How can we tell you a big man that my... <laughs> What was it? That is just that uh, we discuss all the time. We used to travel together to go and preach. And so would we'll be talking. He will ask me questions. I'll give him, uh, give me, uh, give him an answer. One day I got to his house we, we, we come back from a trip. So I parked in front of their compound. The father was outside. So he, the siblings were like, hey, eh, where he did you see car? He was driving my car. So, when oh. I came, they say, Oh, Pastor, ah. So, the father called me, Oh, you are the banker. here. they so telling me how much I have been a blessing to his son and how his son has changed the family because of that. Dude, that's mentorship. Not the one that gave me appointment letter, my mentor. say <laughs> <laughs> says, Many so, people say, Please mentor me. Tell them, come and sit down here. They body to the heart. They can't sit down. But he says, I know I travel on Saturdays. And I travel on Tuesdays. Then the church I go to, a well, program every week. I will block you on Facebook. I will not block you on Google. <laughs> a lot is good. What's the point I'm making? Many people are asking that the Holy Spirit, that his God should lead them into the, Cause uh, Which time you read the Bible last? When did you just go for a program for the sake of learning? They're only looking for a program on how to do something. Like if it's a pastor, church growth. <laughs> if it's a businessman, business by this. And always trying to, um, you no. Know, the only thing they're interested in is how to move something out externally forward. Something that they work on their internal development. They don't get time. They don't have the time because they are not working in that wheel, which is a lifestyle. They can't discover the specific wheel what God wants them to do. What I have found out using the words of Oswald Chambers. Oswald Chambers said that the will of God only makes sense to the person who's walking out of the will of God. When you he first hear that, he said, like, what does that mean? He said, no, to the child of God, the will of God is as natural as breathing. Which means you've been breathing for days, and you don't realize until your attention is called to the fact that you are breathing. He said if you are rightly related with the Lord, and working with him on a regular basis, he said you will make common sense decisions, and it's the will of God. It doesn't mean natural sense is God's will. But for one who's constantly building himself, building herself with the word of God, working with that word on a regular basis, brethren, you will find yourself in the call of God for your life. You won't even know you have been called into anything. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Because we would not say, well, what's your calling? You say You won't know. But in your church, you are the Bible teacher. And everybody knows that once you handle those scripts and handle the Bible, light comes into them. Meanwhile, you didn't. You, there was no call. My son, I have called thee. Thou shall... No, you just went to church. Pastor Mofi said, please take that class. And you took the class one day. And he started running to church all the time because this particular group, you are the one that teaches them once a week. And you don't even think you are called. Maybe you go to the, your business Monday to Friday. I hope you are getting my point. Just some few hours of the week. Next thing you know, the class, class is growing. People are learning from you. People are learning from you. And when they say, what's your calling? They you say, no, I'm not called to ministry. And everybody's laughing. Everybody's laughing. Because why? You don't even think you're called to ministry. You're just doing, doing something that you were delegated to do. Please, let me say to you, if you're irresponsible, God doesn't have a will for your life. I hope you're getting my point. Let's, <laughs> let's get that one clear now. Some people cannot be dependent on for anything. They're asking, what is God's will for my life? You're looking like... No, I say no. I don't have. There's none. Go and get responsible first. How can you have a will for an irresponsible child? A, 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 a child comes to you, do homework and not do. Go to class on that. it doesn't go. Then I can say, what do I study at university? Do you care? <laughs> because there's nothing you can do in university successfully. Nothing. This civic education and physics and chemistry we gave you and uh, uh, geography, uh, do it first now. You not agree? And I say, what do I choose in jam? <laughs> jam that you filled before it was invented. <laughs> oh, I've spoken enough, though. I don't even know where to start. Let's just stop here. Then we'll go continue. <laughs> Let's give a lot of things. God has been good to us. With his instructions, he's been good to us. Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for instructing me in righteousness. Say, Lord, thank you for instructing me in righteousness.